Grace threw a pencil down. It clattered lightly along the central table, and then fell onto the wooden floor, and rolled gently under a desk. Grace, Kara said, are you still there? I'm here. Will you go and see her? What? Will you, Kara said, enunciating deliberately, as if speaking to someone hard of hearing, see Ma tonight? and explain to her that buying another house might not be the most practical use of her time or energy, and that property of any kind really has to be seen as an investment asset for all of us. Why me? Because, Grace, you are in Stoke, and Ma is staying out at Barlaston tonight, and we are all in London. Grace got up and crossed the studio to retrieve the pencil. She said, stooping, But I'm not here tonight. It's Friday. I know it's Friday. Why aren't you there? Grace straightened up. It was a nice pencil. The lead didn't break all the time when you sharpened it. She said, I'm going to Edinburgh tonight. Edinburgh? Why? Jeff's got a friend doing a gig up there. We're going to support him. But I'm allowed time off, Grace cried. I've been here since eight o'clock this morning. It's not that. It's Jeff, isn't it? Grace said. You don't want me doing anything with Jeff. Cara said carefully. Well, I'm just not wild about relationships made online. Everybody does it now, said Grace. It's what we all do. Okay, Cupid, Cara said with distaste. Lovestruck.com. You don't like Jeff. No, I don't like Jeff. I don't think he's good enough for you, but that's beside the point. The point is that Ma needs to be talked to before she hands over a deposit. Grace dropped the pencil into the mug, the mug made in the factory, that held all her pens and pencils. She said, slightly defiantly, Sorry, anyway it's Friday. No money will get transferred till Monday. We need to talk to her. You talk! Grace, I always have to do the talking. You're the eldest, and you're the youngest, so you never get to do anything difficult. Grace wanted to say that sometimes being the youngest made every single thing difficult. Instead, she said as levelly as she could, I'll call Ma on my way to Edinburgh. You really are going to Edinburgh. Grace's private phone, lying on the desk beside her sketchbook, flashed again. Jeff, said the screen. Grace picked it up. Yes, she said to her sister. Yes, I am. Ashley Robbins, nay Moran, let herself into her car in the underground car park and dropped her handbag and work bag, indistinguishable in size or weight, into the footwell of the passenger seat beside her. The footwell already contained several empty, dented juice cartons, a half-drunk bottle of one of Leo's irritatingly boastful energy drinks, and a drift of crumbs. The latter would, of course, now adhere to the bottom of her bags, and she would forget that they were there until, like last week, they transferred themselves, shamingly, to the immaculate desktop of the chinaware buyer of a big chain of department stores, who might, or now might not, put in a substantial order for a wide range of Susie Sullivan pottery. The buyer had behaved as if her desk had not just been smeared with crushed crisps, 
so Ashley spent much of the meeting surreptitiously trying to remove the mess with wet wipes, which filled the room with an insistent aroma of synthetic lemon. There had, as yet, been no confirmation of the order. Ashley buckled on her seatbelt, started the engine, and turned on the headlights. The car radio, bursting into life with the engine, announced that it was three minutes to six, and the weekend weather would be mild and unsettled, with slow-moving bands of rain advancing from the west. Rain which would, in turn, curtail visits to the playground. Some mothers took towels to dry off the slides and swing seats, but Ashley was not one of them, and prevent Leo from making progress in the stretch of mud and broken concrete that he assured her would one day be a garden. She tried not to say, when the children are too old to use it, and failed. Leo had drawn a beautiful plan of the projected garden and pinned it.